Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. 3-1 pitch, swing and a drive. Deep to right field, way up there, way out of here. Goodbye, baseball. Eight strikeout for the King tonight and make it... 23 consecutive scoreless innings for Seattle. called on the outside corner, and there it is. It's time for the Seattle Mariners baseball podcast. Kyle Seager, that just happened. Thank you very much. Now, here's your host, Gary Hill. And welcome back, Seattle Mariners baseball podcast. Gary Hill here. Thanks for being back once again. As the Mariners, well, you could call this payback as the Padres paid back the Mariners in a big way winning yesterday. We'll talk about that in just a moment. Also, a couple of, I think, really good interviews coming up that you will enjoy. First, a nice feature by Josh Kearns. He is back. He does a feature on the Safeco Field roof, which is pretty interesting. Also, Aaron Goldsmith will visit with Nelson Cruz coming off of an incredible May. In fact, all the Mariners coming off an incredible May offensively. They were sensational. And uh, I talked with Sean O'Malley, and I think he has some pretty interesting comments about what it means to him to play in a Mariners uniform, which uh, is pretty exciting. So that's the good stuff, the not-so-good. Felix Hernandez goes on the 15-day disabled list with a strained calf. Uh, looks like he'll miss a couple of starts with the back date as long as everything goes well, but uh, miss a couple of starts. So Felix goes on the DL, and the Mariners were the last American League team to only use five starting pitchers so far this season, and they used number six, James Paxton, who was throwing really well. Jared Poto in the booth uh, the other day talking about how well James Paxton has been throwing this year. But it was a struggle for him against the Padres. Mariners actually took a lead early in this ball game. They led three nothing, thanks to uh, Robinson Cano, who goes yard again. The pitch swung on, well hit ball to right field. This one is going, going. Goodbye baseball. Holy smokes! A line drive by Robbie Cano, a three-run drive here in the top of the first inning, his 16th home run of the year. And just like that, the Mariners lead the Padres three to nothing here in the first. Holy cannoli, another home run for Robinson Cano. And it looked like the Mariners were just going to pick up where they left off. I mean, just bashing the Padres the day before. Three-run home run in the first, but things would change in the bottom of the frame. The Padres turned the table on the M's. 
the 0-2. Fastball swung on. Well hit ball. Deep into the gap in right center field. And this one is gone. Goodbye baseball. Will Myers with his eighth home run of the season gets the Padres on the board. It's now the Mariners three and San Diego one. And the problems for Paxton would really mount. The lefties 1-1 pitch. Swing and a chopper back to the mound. Up of the ball is Paxton. He'll throw wide to second and into center field. Here comes Kemp on to score. Solarte around to third. The Padres get a run out of it. A throwing air by Paxton wide of Robbie Cano and into center. And it's now the Mariners three, the Padres two. And now Solarte winds up on it third. Upton is safe at first. So six runs in the first inning for the Padres. It was six to three after one. And the Padres just kept on scoring. One in the second, two in the fourth, two in the fifth, three in the sixth. 14 to 6. Padres pound out 19 hits along the way. It was a struggle for Paxton, just three and two thirds, 10 hits, eight runs, three of them earned. The error was his. Seven strikeouts and two home runs on 103 pitches. Not the start he was looking for in spot start duty uh, against the Padres with Felix Hernandez going on the DL. He talked about it after the game. What he attributed the start and especially the first inning to? Yeah, I was just way too amped up, going a little bit too fast, and uh, didn't get my feet set for the ball, and then just tried to do too much, and uh, was just going too quickly. And, um, that first inning got away from me. How about uh, Rook? I mean, dreadfully disappointing. I mean, you get the opportunity here, and you're going to get in line to get a couple of starts here uh, coming up, and six spot in the first. Yeah, yeah, it's disappointing. You know, I was just too too amped up and uh, too fired up for it. Um, it was uh, yeah, it was too bad. You, you said you were amped up. Did that affect not being able to get your your secondary stuff over a little bit? It looked like you were fighting that early on, just a lot of fastball. Yeah, yeah, I was just going too fast and um, you know wasn't able to get that slow stuff in there. My body going just too quickly, just being too fired up. Seems the velocity looked, looked very good. It was just a matter of command with that. Yeah, you know, they were just they were just eliminating everything and going after the fastball. And uh, you know, when I'm doing that, it doesn't matter how hard it is, um, they can catch up to it here. So you know, I need to make some other stuff or hit spots with my fastball. One of the two. Some pretty good insight there, Ryan Roland Smith, who's doing some broadcast work down there as well. I thought he had some excellent insight after the game on what happened in the first inning as well. Yeah, I think that first inning, well, first of all, big mechanical change for me was that arm slot. Um, and, you know, when I watched him in spring training, I was down with you guys that last week of spring training, I got to see James pitch, and he had the arm slot he had last year, and then he made the adjustment and dropped his arm slot. That's a huge change, and it's difficult to uh, really master that in such a short you know, time span. But he looked, I mean, the velocity was definitely there. There's so much upside with the stuff. But like you said, coming up, and I think the heart rate was just through the roof. Felt like he had he had everything to prove, you know, coming out. He'd make the fifth star of the spot. And he just tried to do way too much in that first inning. And he just tried to rely too much on that heavy fastball, trying to blow it by guys. And when you're getting 2-0, 2-1 on these hitters, this is the big leagues. They're going to crush it. I think they're looking fastball. I think so. You know, when it's 2-0, 2-1 every count, which it was tonight, you can see guys like Will Myers and, and Matt Camp, who that ball elevated out, out and away. Those guys can hit that ball right center better than anyone, so they're going to make you pay. And just how he started to see him make an adjustment, start to throw that cut fastball in. And again, you know, we, he had a tough night tonight, but if you can just 
make a few little adjustments, get comfortable, get more, a little bit more tempo, he's going to be okay. Ryan Roland-Smith right there, good insight. And I thought Robinson Cano summed up things pretty well. Well, we beat them at our place. Team by the same score. Pretty close. You know, they came back today. I think they got mad, maybe. They got mad and... <laughs> you know, you gotta you gotta give it credit. Whether it's in the bat, I mean, passing was straight 98 to 100. I mean, it's tough. Even lefties was able to get hit. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we got beat compared to let them beat us. So, nothing else you can do. So the Mariners will take on the Padres tonight. 6-10 first pitch from San Diego. Wade Miley will take the mound. Five and two, a four nine five ERA looks to bounce back after a tough start, and the Mariners look to split these two in San Diego before heading to Texas for a big three over the weekend. And to give you a little heads up on the podcast tomorrow, I'm flying down to Texas for that series, the weekend series in Texas, Mariners and the Rangers. Usually. In this kind of situation, there's a day game on getaway day, and it makes this situation a little easier. But this time the Mariners play at night, so by the time the game ends, I might be in the air. So the podcast, I don't know. I'll it It's probably going to depend on how quick the game is, if I can have enough time to get it done, or maybe when I'm there. I don't know. It's up in the air. So I'm going to do my best to get one out tomorrow. If not, you know that. I tried. It just couldn't happen. And, you know, we'll talk again on Monday. But that's a little heads up about what may happen tomorrow. So with that out of the way, let's go ahead and hand things over to Aaron Goldsmith, who caught up with Nelson Cruz. Nelson, an absolutely incredible month of May for you, the Mariners, specifically the Mariners offense. When you think about what that month held for all nine guys in the lineup, what do you think about the most? Well, uh, great comebacks, you know. Even uh, the one we lost, the great memories, you know. Um, I mean, it gets you excited to think about it, you know, the matter of situations, how many runs you're down. We find a way to come back, you know, and either tie the game or win the game. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, as a team, you'll be able to do that, you know. The confidence should be should be pretty high and rocking, you know. So it doesn't matter what situation we're into. We're pretty comfortable we can come back. No surprise you had a monster month of May, just like so many other guys in this lineup, namely Kyle Seeger, Robinson Cano. How much do you guys feed off of each other when you see the ball jumping off bats and it's almost a rush to get up to home plate? It's fun, like I mentioned, you know, I think only, you know, all three guys in the middle lineup, you know, you mentioned all the, all the guys, Leonis Martin, you know, Adeline, through the lineup, you know, everybody could at some point contribute and, and, and be a hero. Um, I think... Their hole, so it was incredible. Um, the way he come up from the bench and do his job, Goody. I mean, you mentioned one by one, and, <laughs> and he, you know, you can find uh, a moment at one point and during the month that somebody did a great job for us to help us win. Yeah, the Mariners already have three players with 30 RBIs on the season, and it's incredible when you think about the difference in this lineup from last year to this year and the amount of simply the amount of base runners that the Mariners have this year. When you think about the difference between last year and this, is, is that the one thing that stands out the most? Just you're coming up to the plate, and more times than not, Nelly, it seems like there's guys on base. Yeah, no doubt. I think um, we did a really good job, you know. I think uh, the front office did a really good job bringing guys that can get on base, you know. Um, 
in curious situations like you know, Seth Smith was here last year and he mm -hmm. was a guy who always on base. But Aoki, you know, um, I think Martin did a good job last month. Uh, Marte, those guys find a way to get on and, you know, create situations so we can drive it in. Um, and even when those guys are out, you know, we find a way to scratch runs, battle at bats, throw at bats. It feels like <laughs> every hitter gets six or seven pitches by a bat, you know, <laughs> and that's frustrating for the other, for the pitcher. Um, I mean, you see the amount of pitches they throw in innings, you know, and it's incredible. Nelson, you've been a part of some really powerful, very successful lineups over the course of your career. Your one year in Baltimore, you think about some of the names there, Adam Jones, also Chris Davis, of course. Weeters was down that year, Manny Machado, and then your time in Texas, Josh Hamilton's prime, Beltre, Kinsler, Michael Young as well. How would you compare this lineup this year for the Mariners to some of the best lineups that you've been a part of? Yeah, very similar. I think. I mean, back then I was still uh, younger. Now, <laughs> <laughs> not anymore. But um, it, it, good memories, you know. Uh, like I mentioned before, it's always fun to have the type of lineup, you know. Um, and you don't have to put pressure on yourself. They have to be you, the guy. You know, you can walk. Um, me and Robbie was talking about yesterday how um, if you don't pitch to him, you know, I'm behind. If they don't do it to me, Seager's behind. <laughs> so you can go over and over. And, and they're pretty similar lineups from, from the ones in Texas and Baltimore. Um, guys that can hit the ball for average and also hit the ball out of the ballpark or get on base, you know. Um, I mean, some great lineups, definitely. Hey, finally, Nelson, the All-Star game will be held here this year. You've been an All-Star now four years, including each of the last three, your first time back in 2009 at Bush Stadium. What is your fondest All-Star game memory? Well, I think that one, you know, and it wasn't on the All-Star, you know, it wasn't on the plane. That was when I had the most fun. Uh, I remember I was on the same plane with uh, Mr. Ken Griffey, uh, Ichiro. Ken Griffey was flying to Cincinnati, so he flew to St. Louis, and then from there he's going to go to Cincinnati. But uh, we have a great time on the plane, playing cars, messing around. And I was with my, my idol, you know, so <laughs> it was one of the greatest uh, memories of my life just because he was around. Um, it was Felix, it was Michael Young also in Hamilton. So it was maybe six guys, you know, just having fun. Uh, and I really enjoyed that time. I mean, I don't have a chance to play that, that, that all-star, but I went to the derby and uh, that was a great experience. Um, I, I really enjoyed, you know, uh, just to see all the fans and every focal point is just on you you know it's amazing nelly thanks so much for the time i always appreciate it thank you and here's josh kearns this is great on the safeco field roof back in the 90s van sakers was a journeyman iron worker helping build safeco field and he'd often look up in awe at the spider web of steel being built above him you know they're talking about building the ballpark open air stadium and you know pacific northwest we get a lot of rain yeah i kind of thought about that well, we do need a retractable roof little did he know when the stadium opened in 1999 he'd be the guy running it the mariners hired vance to oversee roof maintenance and operations and 17 years later he's still there perched in the command post high above center field it's his job to open and close it, a 15-minute process that still causes Vance to hold his breath every time. Yeah, I do. 
it's, when it's raining or sprinkling out there and while the game is being played, it's an hour for me. <laughs> okay. But it really takes 15 minutes. The roof was the brainchild of Mariners' owners and management at the time who wanted an open-air stadium but knew the risk of rain was always an issue. Joe Myra is the VP of Ballpark Operations, and he says rainouts were simply not an option. You know, I think over 60% of our fans come from over an hour away, and to have a rain delay or, or you know, potential of a rain day, which is even worse, then people get undecided and get frustrated. We've completely eliminated that. The roof really is an amazing engineering accomplishment. Its three steel panels span nearly nine acres, nesting on top of each other over the railroad tracks when it's retracted. Its 11,000 tons contain enough steel to build a 55-story skyscraper, and then there are the massive wheels that move it. 36-inch in diameter. Uh, we got like 128 wheels. 96 motors and brakes. Not to mention all the other parts Vance and his team maintain 24-7, 365 days a year. Myra likens it to a cross between a bridge and a crane. And there's no other thing exactly like it anywhere else in the world. You know, our guys are out here every day maintaining the system, checking the system, uh, mechanical components, hydraulics, electrical components, uh, structural issues, uh, control issues, and all of these things that take replacement, upkeep, maintenance, that sort of thing. It's a big job and an even bigger responsibility, whether ensuring the game goes on or a corporate dinner or a Billy Joel concert. And Vance admits that responsibility brings more than its fair share of stress, enough to even occasionally cause bad dreams. Well, I dreamed one time that I started at the system, had the guys on the runway, and um, I pushed extend, pushed the button. Roof took off about 100 miles per hour. Jump off the edge of the west side of the runway and went out, out into the sound. Okay. <laughs> and I woke up. <laughs> okay. It's usually not that exciting, though. When it's go time, it's actually a relatively simple procedure. Had groundskeeper Bob Christofferson constantly keeps a close eye on the Doppler radar, then makes the call if the roof needs to be opened or closed. Up in the command center, a computer screen displays all the controls, advanced turns a special key, then pushes a button, and the roof makes its move. You could launch a nuclear missile just like that, right? Does the president have the other key? or? No, this is the only key here. <laughs> Thanks to the constant maintenance, the roof has actually only malfunctioned once during a game when an electrical storm screwed up the system. And what they did is they scrambled the system inside the computer and tricked the roof that the wind was blowing over 70 miles per hour. So it shut the system down so we couldn't move it. And all it took was one other malfunction to give Vance all the motivation he needs to make sure it never fails again. And one time I, was, I had to help with the tarp out there on the field because the roof didn't move. And, uh, you know, I shake the tarp and start pulling, but I start catching cramps, and I said to Bob then I wasn't going <laughs> to do that again. <laughs> Whatever the motivation, it means Vance can virtually guarantee the rest of us Safeco Field will always be dry, no matter the weather outside. For the Mariners Sunday Magazine, I'm Josh Kearns reporting. And I chatted with Sean O'Malley. What is it like for you going to the ballpark knowing that you could be in any role, starting in the infield, the outfield, coming off the bench? How do you get prepared for that? Uh, there's a lot of things. Uh, you know, first starts with my, you know, my tea work, my everyday routine, and then, you know, once BP starts, it's, uh, it's ground balls, fly balls, you know, multiple positions. You know, I, first group, I try to get 
try to cover all three outfield spots, and then once the infielders start hitting, I try to cover all the positions across the infield, and you know, wherever they decide to use me for that night, uh, hopefully I did everything I can to be ready for the game. So how much extra work is it before a ball game to get ready to, for the night? Uh, shoot, sometimes I feel like... Uh, before the game even starts, um, I already played nine innings, especially if I'm not playing. If I'm playing that night, usually I just I go to the position that I'm at and mm-hmm. uh, I take my reps there just to be ready for that spot. But, you know, if I'm not in the lineup, uh, sometimes it feels like I played a whole game already before the game even started. At what point did you know how versatile you could be on the field? I think after about my seventh year of pro ball, I started to bounce around to short mm-hmm. to second. And then... Uh, randomly would show up in the outfield every now and then um but um you know that kind of was like man i i could see myself doing this this is actually pretty fun you know you either, you never know where you're going to be so it, it keeps you on your toes and it doesn't become so repetitive all the time is there anything you like playing more than another uh no honestly i <laughs> i enjoy it i enjoy the challenges i enjoy the preparation um the hard work that goes into it uh, i think that stuff's kind of fun i don't know i'm just kind of wired that way i feel like when uh when you have to work for something and then you succeed, it's it's more gratifying. You've been at a couple of different levels so far, and there's been success at both levels. How do you feel like as an organization, there's been a lot of changes, obviously. How do you think it's been different this year compared to last year? Well, obviously we had a complete makeover, mm-hmm. and, you know, I think what the guys are trying to instill here, you know, a lot of it's having fun. I think that lets guys be loose and be who they are, and they preach that, and I think that, that helps out a ton. Uh you know, you just got a lot of baseball guys here, guys that understand the games, understands ups and downs, and, uh, you know, are willing to help you work through whatever you need to work through to get where you want to go. And I think they've done an amazing job with that here. That seemingly shows up, uh, especially in late innings. I don't know, what would you call it, a team belief that you guys have right now as a team, never out of a ball game? No, I, I mean, she, you saw it the other night, uh-huh. you know, when Leona said that he's down two strikes against a really good pitcher, and, you know, he took advantage of a mistake. And, you know, I don't I don't see this team ever out of a game. You know, we've been on the road when we were gone. We were down in the first inning a few times, and next thing you know, we have five, six, seven, eight runs up on the board. Um, you know, this pitching staff is incredible, and, you know, this offense is resilient. So with that, with those two combinations, you know, it's a, it's a pretty dangerous team. Is there extra meaning for you growing up in the state, playing on this team that's playing so well right now? Yeah, I mean, of course, I always cheered for the Mariners growing up. I always wanted to see a World Series, and, <laughs> uh, you know, never got to experience that. But um, it's... I mean, this could be our time, and, you know, nothing would be more to me and my family if, you know, I was a part of that historic moment. So, you know, I'm just enjoying it right now and uh, enjoying the wins as they come. Who are some of the guys you liked watching most in a Mariners uniform growing up? <laughs> more to <a> start. Uh, <laughs> love Edgar. Uh, I actually used to hit like Edgar in Little League every once in a while. I used to hit like Buner. And then when those two when those two didn't pan out for me, then I'd, I'd go back to Griffey. So, you know, I, I enjoyed I enjoyed all of them. Even Danny Wilson was, you know, was the man. And now I get to see him and hang out with him in the clubhouse. It's it's a beautiful thing. Yeah, what is that like? I mean, Dan Wilson's around all the time. Edgar's your hitting coach. I mean, is it surreal at times? Yeah, it is. I mean, I guess being in it now and you realize what baseball players are. They're just normal people. Um, but, you know, at first glance, it was like... Oh my gosh! It's Edgar Martinez talking. To me. Like I gotta take everything and then just soak it up. And you know that's that's what we do. We just they're just normal people. But you know, for me, it's it's a little bit different because you know I had posters of them up on my wall, trading cards of them, and you know, uh, you know, it's just really cool. 
See you later!